Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. This episode is about shoes. I decided to release this episode just about shoes as a result of a conversation we've had in a couple Zoom calls recently where we talk about injuries. And in my experience over the years, personally and coaching hundreds of people, shoes make the biggest difference for somebody who runs, somebody who walks, somebody who does CrossFit or stair climbs or does elliptical, any type of activity activity where you're moving, shoes make a humongous difference. And this doesn't mean just your exercise shoes. This also means what you're wearing when you're not exercising. And for me, sometimes I have the tendency to let my work shoes get much more worn down than my running and workout shoes. And you know, I pay for it. I can start to feel the twinges and it's taken me years to realize that even a millimeter of worn down shoes at the bottom of the shoes or on the side of the shoes or inside or outside can cause all kinds of issues with your knees, Achilles, calf, feet, plantar fasciitis, ankles, and IT bands, hips. And so getting into the right shoes and making sure that we don't spend time in shoes that are causing and presenting all those types of issues is absolutely critical. And I would say for walkers or for runners, shoes are at least 80% of the battle. And I remember back when years ago, you know, when, uh, you know, I was a track runner and I, I ran hurdles and I was a sprinter. I was never somebody that would run. I mean, I remember in our track season at the beginning of high school track every year, I'd have to run three miles and it, it was, man, that was tough and miserable uh, and hard. And so I'd much rather run 110 meter hurdles or the 300 meter hurdles. But um, what I learned um, was that being in the proper shoes is critical to health. And I remember I would go to the gym when I was in my 20s and I wouldn't really run outside that much. I would go to, I was a gym rat and so I would do the stair climber sometimes the elliptical, mostly treadmill. And I would run on the treadmill and I would start to build some fitness. And after a period of time, usually it was two or three weeks, my knee started to hurt. And then it got to the point where my knee was swollen and I'd have to stop running. And I would have to stop running probably for a couple months. And then eventually I'd make it back and start running again. And over and over and over, the same thing would happen to me. And one of my mentors for running said to me, it's your shoes. I said, no way, it's not the shoes. So uh, it turned out it was the shoes. And if we're in the right shoes and we're doing the right strength training, we can actually greatly reduce, not eliminate, but greatly reduce pain and twinges and injuries. So I spent a little time in this podcast talking about that. Now, when I actually made the uh, change into shoes, I went from being able to run three to five miles, you know, three or four days a week on a treadmill to I could run every day uh, and not have any pain. And I could run fast, I could run slow. You know, I know that uh, over the last 10 years as I've become an endurance athlete, you know, I have gone on streaks where I'll run 10 miles every single day for months, not miss a day, and have zero pain. Uh, and, and, And then when the twinges start, I know to look on the bottom of my shoes now, or I know I gotta turn up my strength or both, and sure enough, uh, my shoes are worn down and it's time to go into new shoes. It's interesting. I've had situations where uh, there was one pair of shoes where, 
you know, after uh, a few weeks in those shoes, one of my hips would hurt, hurt. It would get really tired. It wouldn't feel like an injury. It would just get really tired. That's just based on the position of those shoes. And sure enough, I would feel like, holy cow, this feels like an injury to my hip. Do I have a broken hip? Am I going to sit out for a year? Am I going to sit out for eight weeks? Then I switched the shoes, no pain at all. So, but if I would have kept running in those shoes, I would have done more damage to the hip. And, you know, it's this repetitive pounding in specific areas or similar areas or the same areas where you can get some sort of injury if you keep doing that. So the recognition that shoes are the most important, we're going to talk about uh, the process to go about it, and the ability to quickly change and get out of those shoes is critical for your health as a walker or as a runner. I'm going to start out with a few summary rules that I follow when I'm trying to figure out how to get into the right walking shoe or running shoe. And I'm going to talk about this in more detail in the rest of this podcast, but I thought it would be good to put a summary here. One, go to a running store and have them watch you run or walk. A lot of great running stores have a treadmill with a camera and they can have you walk or run for 20 to 30 seconds on that treadmill and they can figure out if your feet fall in or out. If they fall in or pronate, which is 90% of the human population, um, then they'll give you a certain type of shoe, usually a support shoe. If you supinate where you fall out, then, uh, which is only 3% of the population, unfortunately that's where I'll fall, then they might recommend a different shoe. And maybe it's a sports shoe based on the analysis they do, but probably most likely it's a neutral shoe. And then 7% of the population is neutral. And I wish I was neutral. And some of the most elite runners are neutral and they don't have the same type of issues that we supinators or pronators have. Supinators means that your ankle's already starting towards an ankle sprain. So I think for me, it's like 7%, 8% already started in a sprain, which explains why I've you know, twisted my ankle or broken my ankle so many times, um, whether it's running down the street or playing basketball or one time during a New York City Marathon, my ankle completely gave out. The side bone went all the way down to the ground and instantaneously it was like a golf ball or, or more like a softball. So number one rule, go to a store, Get assessed so they can tell you whether you're in a neutral, should be in a neutral shoe or support shoe. That's the most important thing. That's 80% of the battle. If we are in the wrong shoe, even if it's a great shoe, even if it's the most expensive shoe, even if it looks the best and has the best colors and is the hippest, if we were in the wrong, and feels spectacular, if at the end of the day, it causes us Any type of twinges or pain or consistent pounding in one area versus another, it is not the right shoe for you. And it is critical to recognize this as quickly as possible and try again. As frustrating as it is, being in the right shoe is by far the most important thing. And I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over again. And that means that one needs to recognize this and invest the time necessary to dial it in as the runners and triathletes would say, but it's super important for walkers too. It can make the difference between like having pain and not being able to walk up and down stairs. And I see this all the time where people, particularly older people will just stop and give up and capitulate. We don't want to do that. It's all about trial and error. And if you invest the time and you can persevere and endure through the process of finding the right one, the result can be glorious and spectacular. Then try in a bunch of shoes and pick something that feels good, that 
doesn't rub if it if you and then walk around the store a little bit and if it rubs at all or it doesn't feel right do not get those shoes because it's not going to get better when you spend more time in them and you walk or you run then get the shoes i'm completely agnostic to brand don't care about brand don't care about color don't care about the way it looks i care about being able to be able to walk or run in those shoes consistently for long periods of time so i don't get hurt that is the most important thing now, shoe companies change their shoes every year, unfortunately, which means that I got to find shoes that work for me and I buy lots of them. And then when I run out of those and I can't find those anymore, then I got to go back and go through the whole thing again. So one, figure out if you're neutral or uh, a support shoe. Two, try a bunch on. Three, go try them. And if they don't feel right after one or two runs, reputable stores, reputable running stores will take those back for a refund. And or give you a credit, and I always go to places only to give me a refund and keep trying this until it works over and over and over again. And it is very, very frustrating and it takes time, but it is the difference between being healthy and potentially being injured. Now, it's not gonna eliminate your chance to get injured, but it's certainly gonna reduce it. And I'm also gonna talk about strength training, which is the other major thing that we need to do in order to make sure that we stay healthy. So let's talk about shoes. Shoes, in my experience, are the most important thing by far for athletes, for runners, for people that are walking around a lot, uh, and differentiates between, the right shoe will differentiate between being healthy and unhealthy, being hurt and not hurt, and recovering and not recovering. And I remember when I first started running marathons. My first season, I had a few nits here and there. And then about halfway through training for my first marathon, I had some knee pain. Of course, I ignored it. And I kept working out and kept doing speed work. And little by little, the knee got worse. And then one day, it hurt so bad, I could barely walk. And I remember I was talking to one of my mentors who kind of really educated me about running and about how to train and how to not train and to not overtrain. And he said something to me like, it's your shoes. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. How could it be my shoes? My knee hurts so bad. It, there's like a baseball underneath my kneecap. It was hugely swollen. And, and this was like September and I was signed up to run my first marathon, which was going to be the New York City Marathon on, I think it was November 1st that year. And so, you know, I went to a physical therapist and we figured out that my knee problem was my IT band. And the IT band attaches up around the hip area and it rolls all the way down the side of your leg on each side. And it goes down and connects underneath your kneecap. And if your IT band gets tight, it sometimes can pull up on, pull up under that kneecap. And in this case, for me, that's what was happening. And it was rubbing and rubbing and rubbing. And it got swollen. And I thought I was dead. And I went to a great physical therapist. And we worked on the IT band. We worked on strength exercises that would get my core, my core and glutes firing properly. And sure enough, a couple weeks later, with the right maintenance, you know, I did a lot of foam rolling. And there is a view that differs between people whether or not we should foam roll or we should not foam roll. I think you have to be careful, but I'm a believer in holistic treatments and massages and 
getting work done and active release therapy, ART. And so for me, the sometimes the foam roller is an absolute godsend. But with all those things, doing strength consistently at least twice a week. So, um, you know, I could correct. I was imbalanced not only in my shoes, and I'll talk about the shoes in a second, but I was also very imbalanced in my strength. And so when I would put my leg down, let's say my left leg down on the ground and put my right leg behind me in the pose called the warrior, looks like an L. If you were to take a look at my position from away from me, I was wobbling like crazy. And of course, when we are weak and we are wobbling, um, our, our legs go back and forth and that puts pressure all the way down our leg and particularly on our knee and ankle. So for me, I was weak in strength. So I solved the problem by doing strength. That's why runners have to do strength and it's primarily core and, um, glutes for runners. But I also was in the wrong shoe and my mentor, he said to me, look, just go and figure out how to get in the right shoe. So what I did was I went to a local running store. And, you know, many of these local running stores have a treadmill and they have a camera. And so and the reason for that is then they can watch you and record you run for, you know, 10 to 20 seconds on a treadmill and they can see which way your feet fall. Remember, we talked about your feet falling in or out or being neutral. And uh, and even if your feet fall one way or another, you might have to be in neutral shoes. But that's the reason for the treadmill. So I encourage everybody to go into a, a local running shop and have them watch you run. And the most important thing by far, and this is for me personally, I've learned this and for me coaching hundreds and hundreds of people over the years and hundreds and hundreds of runners and endurance athletes and triathletes and, you know, marathon runners. The most important thing by far is what shoe should you be in? And when they watch you run on that treadmill and they often can give you, give you a video, they can see, do your feet fall in? Do you pronate? Do your feet fall out? Do you supinate? And then they can recommend the right shoe for you, whether it's going to be a neutral shoe, and I happen to be in a neutral shoe, or a support shoe. And the support shoe just gives you a little support depending on which way your feet fall and can make all the difference in the world. So when I did that after I was hurt that year, I went and I, they, I found out I was neutral, and I got into the proper shoe. And with the shoes and the strength, two weeks later, my knee was down. Of course, I was doing a lot of icing. Um, and now some people believe that icing is not the right thing to do. I'm a big believer, again, in holistic treatment, and I'm a believer that a lot of times the reason that we are hurting our backs, our knees, is because there's inflammation in there, our necks. And so when we get the inflammation out of there, which can happen helpfully with some ice, I use a frozen bag of peas or a frozen bag of corn because it's malleable, and then I can put the Ziploc bag back in the freezer and I can keep using it over and over. I have an ace bandage. I usually tie things around and, you know, I'll often just walk around the house or the apartment with those things on my body a few times a day and they make a big difference. But when we can get the inflammation out, it makes a humongous difference, but it starts with the shoes. And so as Mars Blackman said, it's the shoes money, it's the shoes. And, and so the other piece of advice I would say is once you go to that running store and they make a recommendation Buy a pair of shoes, but it's kind of like trial and error in a crapshoot when you buy your first pair of shoes. Let's say you're supposed to be neutral. And once in a while, the, the people at the running stores can get it wrong, but I would say they get it right 90% of the time. But I hear a lot of people, they say, well, they said I was neutral, Jim, and I went into a neutral shoe, and uh, it still hurt. And I will say, if you get a neutral shoe 
and it rubs the wrong way, causes blisters, causes knee pain, return those shoes instantaneously. Don't continue to go in those shoes. Don't be the nice person that says, oh, maybe I spent the money on it and I don't want to go back and bother them. Be the person who stands up and says, okay, and think of me in your head if you want. Jim says that if those shoes don't work, then I need to return them and I need to try a new pair of shoes. I have to do this, unfortunately, every year. And um, a good running store, a good store will return the shoes if you've only run in them a few times for a complete refund or a store credit. I only go to places that give me a refund, although I'm just going to put it back into a new pair of shoes anyway, right? But what I do is I go back and I try a new pair of shoes and I try this over and over and over again. And sometimes it is so frustrating. It will take me five or six times. And the reason is, and there's this great book called Born to Run. If, if you are a runner or an athlete or you are interested in fitness and wellness or you're interested in amazing achievements by human beings, Born to Run, I think it's by Chris McDougall, is a great book. And I would encourage you to get that book. And they talk a lot about feet position and barefoot running versus regular running with shoes. There's lots of books that talk about this. And some people believe that, you know, you should be a barefoot runner and that people in some parts of the world, because they walk around barefoot, they build up strength in their feet. That may be true. But a lot of times when a lot of those athletes start to thrive and win, these books will tell you they wear and they put the cushion shoes on just like the rest of us. Right. So it, when you do put the cushion shoe on, it is about the making sure that you're in the right shoe. So keep on returning those shoes until you get the right shoes. But the Born to Run book, what that talks about is it says shoe companies will issue a new shoe brand every year. So if you're in a New Balance 1080 Fresh Foam neutral shoe, every year they come out with a V9. Next year, V10, V11, that's for version 11, version 12. And so it's frustrating. They do that because I, they've proven over the years that they make more money selling more shoes. I want to be in this, the same exact shoe that works for me every year. I don't need a new shoe. I don't need you to keep on making those things. I don't care what it looks like. I am completely agnostic to brand of shoe, how it looks, or anything like that. Now, of course, if you can get something that's great and it looks good, great. But what's most important, 100 to 1, is that that shoe is not going to cause you injuries. And that shoe is not going to provide you with issues, rubbing, inflammation, etc. And it really is mostly the shoes and then some part of the strength training. And I have a series of strength exercises I developed after being hurt for years and working with physical therapists that I can send you that I encourage people to do. And there's no question when people are in the right shoes and they're doing those strength exercises a couple times a week. And when you first do the strength exercises, you will be sore. You will be hurting. And the biggest incentive to do the strength exercises regularly is being is 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 doing the strength exercise over and over again so you don't get sore because after you do them for a week or two and if you do them consistently you don't get sore anymore so back to the shoes it's about the shoes and i encourage you to go to a store and try these shoes if they don't work return them and then what i do so currently i am i've worn every type of shoe brand sometimes i'm brooks sometimes i'm new balance Sometimes I'm hookah, you know, it just depends. But for me, it's all about what works the best for me and when I don't get hurt and when I know I can consistently run. So right now I'm going through a phase of New Balance version 9 or the New Balance 1080 Fresh Foam Neutral Shoes V9. So um, and we're already on to V10 or V11, which means that most places aren't selling it. 
So I consistently have to go to look on Amazon or Running Warehouse, I love, or other places, uh, even sometimes directly from New Balance, to look for those shoes. And I buy like 10 pairs of them. So right now, I think I have six pairs of them around, and they'll run out. And I, even right before I'm going to – when I get down to two or three pairs, I'm looking again for those pairs. And then when I run out and I can't find them anymore because they're just not – the supply is not that much out there, got to go into a new shoe. And then I have to take the advice I'm giving you, which is I got to go to a running store, and I got to try – I know I'm neutral, so I don't need to do the treadmill test, although our foot position can change over the years. It usually doesn't change that much. Um, so I have to go back in, try a bunch of neutral shoes, do the trial and error. And I, like I said before, I think it takes me five or six attempts to get the right shoes. Now, as a coach, I see people all the time who, you know, follow this. They may, maybe they don't do the five or six times back and forth, but they get themselves satisfied after one or two attempts that they are in the right shoe. Um, and again, it is trial and error. And then they don't go and buy 10 pairs. Uh, they use that shoe. They're the type of person that can get 500 miles out of a shoe. I only can get about 100 to 150 miles out of a shoe. How do I know that? Because when you take your shoe, take a picture of it from behind and while they're sitting on a table, you can see which way the tread has worn down. For me, it worn, wears down exactly on the outside. And that's not just my running shoes, my work shoes, right? I got to be very careful to make sure that I'm constantly switching my work shoes also. Um, but when you do that and then you flip them over, take a picture from the top down, you can see where the wear is. And I can see very consistently that my wear is right on the outside. And as I wear down, it gets to the point that it goes below. There's usually a couple layers of the shoe. I can see it's thick on running shoes. I can see that I've worn it down so much that, um, and I can start to feel some twinges in my body. And Maybe it's more worn down on the right side than the left side. So maybe I start to compensate. So my left knee starts to hurt, even though my right side shoes are worn down more. And so I know now, having done this long enough and have my process dialed in, that when they are so worn down, usually what happens is I'll be on a run. I start to have a little pain, usually to my knees or my ankles, sometimes my Achilles, sometimes my feet. And I, then I'll go home and I'll flip my shoes over and sure enough, they're done. And I need to go into a new pair of shoes. Now, some people, and I wish I was one of these people, don't have much wear, and they get 500 miles out of a shoe. But you really need to pay, one, really needs to pay attention to that wear. And when you start to start to feel knee twinges or other issues, a lot of times it presents in the hip also. Um, the hip gets tight because sometimes when we are now falling one millimeter or more, more than one way in or out or in a certain way because our shoe is just rotating towards where that um, excess tread is, we start to feel it all over the place. And I hear a lot of people with the hips. Uh, and eventually, if you don't change that, it will cause an injury for you. So it's the shoes. Do your best to replace the shoes. But I was talking about some of my clients. And so I recently had a guy who he had worn the same shoes for years and years and years. Okay. And he had been pretty diligent about replacing it. Now, he didn't know if they were neutral or support shoes or he may have known but when he went and bought his new shoe he didn't check and you know so I researched what shoes what they were were they neutral or not neutral and I had a hard time figuring it out actually because there's a lot of shoes out, out there that are not the kind of higher end um, shoes um, running shoes and so they don't really advertise whether or not they're neutral or 
or not, because it doesn't really matter. A lot of people won't wear them running. They'll wear them for training or cross training or CrossFit or other things. And they're not really running shoes. So that's a piece of advice right there. Also, is if you can't figure out if the shoe is a neutral shoe or, or a support shoe, then it probably isn't a running shoe. And it is important to be in a running shoe. Okay. But he, he couldn't, we couldn't figure it out. I looked everywhere. And eventually, after days of searching, might search for an hour here and then an hour there, we figured out that the shoe that he had been not hurting the most, the one he was running in, was one shoe. I think it was uh, a support shoe, but the shoe he was currently run, running in was a neutral shoe. So even after a couple runs, the neutral shoe wasn't giving him the support he needed it, and he started to have a lot of knee pain. Or and, and for him, it presented in the heel also. And it can present in the heel. It can present as plantar fasciitis because it's the wrong shoe. It can present in all kinds of different ways. But what your body is telling you is, I don't like the way that your foot is falling, and it's consistently hitting one area or another. And that rubbing is causing problems. And so you're not in the right shoe. Now, of course, it could be many other things. When I had my, uh, you know, I was born with misaligned feet and, and I had ruptured a tendon in my ankle. No, any shoe I was going to wear was going to have the pain because I had ruptured a tendon and I had a separate tendon that was sitting behind it rubbing against the bone when it shouldn't have been rubbing against the bone. But for the most part, if we're paying attention to our body and we are listening and we are saying, okay, why is this happening? It's going to be this shoes. And in the case that I was just giving the example of, we finally got here. We figured out how to get him back into the shoes that he was into. And again, most important, if we look at it, it's not brand. It's not how cool it looks. It's not the color. It's, is it a neutral shoe or a support shoe? And then once we solve that, think of a flow chart, then we have to figure out what shoe within that category, neutral or support, works for us. And it is trial and error. And you know, I don't care if you're a runner or a walker. Your life can be a lot more pleasant if you're in the right shoe. My mom walks a lot, and sometimes her knee bothers her a lot. And I think we figured out it's because she is not in the right shoes, and it really is trial and error. Now, a lot of people will say to me, should I wear a more cushioned shoe, or should I wear a less cushioned shoe? Or if you listen to the book Born to Run that I mentioned earlier, you know, they're, they're running um, – they're strike, they're mid zone strikers. They're not heel strikers. Most of us are naturally heel strikers. So should I get the type of shoe that will make me a midsole striker? Should I get the type of shoe that has a lot less what is called drop, which is the heel is lower? Like what should I get? And look, I have found that, um, it depends and you just have to tr try it. And if you do decide you want to become a barefoot runner or a type of shoe that is very flat, and doesn't have a lot of drop and strikes in the midsole versus the heel. I find tons of people that try and make that transition get hurt. Now, sometimes they just do too much running in those new shoes. They go out and they run 10 miles and then they're, they're definitely hurt. You have to ease in. But my experience has been that most people that um, try and make a decision about, I want to be in this type of shoe. I want to be in a, I don't want to be in a heel striking shoe. I want to be in a midsole strike because everyone says that's the most natural, those are the ones that get hurt the most. So I don't fight that. I'm a heel striker, and I know that if I find the right shoes with the right position where I finish my runs and I don't have any of those pains and I'm doing my, my strength, I'm fine. It is just so critically important. And I, so I tend to be in the more cushioned shoe because that is just what works for me. 
one thing I would definitely recommend is that you, if you are going to have orthotics made as a runner, you want to go to somebody that just makes the orthotics and has the ability to make adjustments when you need them. Because most people need somewhere between one and three adjustments. It's super frustrating. But if you have the shoes, if you have the orthotics made by podiatrists, usually they don't make it themselves. They will send it out. And then the next time you go see them, they pull them out of a box and they hand them to you. And those podiatrists have little to no ability, not all of them. Some podiatrists are great and they can make the adjustments. But in my experience, going to most podiatrists, they send them off. They take a mold of your foot when you go in and say, hey, you need orthotics. They take a mold of your foot when you go in. They send it off to get made somewhere else. And then they come back and that's it. And, you know, then you don't have the ability to make changes to them because they don't know how to properly make the adjustments necessary to make them work for you. Now, if you're just going to get, you know, work orthotics, then that may be fine. You won't, won't need adjustment. But even in the work shoes, most of the time I need one or two adjustments. For me, it takes me about, it's very frustrating, five to ten different adjustments to dial them in. But I have all kinds of issues with my feet, not just my position. So I have to go back and sometimes we overcompensate and then we have to go back and undercompensate. But my advice is find somebody that makes the orthotics uh, and that's what they do is their career. I know two really, really good ones in New York City that I've used over the years. And if you can't find somebody and it's a struggle, I've coached many people throughout the whole country and we just cannot find people that have this expertise. I, I look for the people that actually make the orthotics for um, some of the sports teams. Uh, you know, then you know that, uh, they are working with athletes and they're used to the way that the foot moves when people play basketball or when they run, you know, when you run slow, you need a certain type of orthotic. When you run fast, that that position changes. So if you're a racer, you know, my orthotics person would say, I, you know, if you're racing, I might need you in a different orthotic. If you're running fast a lot, I need you in a different orthotic insert than if you're running easy most of the time. In conclusion. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode about shoes and orthotics. It is the most important thing you can do to try and be healthy as a runner or as a walker. The orthotics can really help for some people. My orthotics are so important to me that I won't check them underneath. I have to take them on a plane because I've usually spend so much work and time investing in making sure I have the right orthotics and getting them adjusted that I want those with me. And of course, as much walking and, and running and moving I do, I got to do it all over again every sort of 18 to 24 months. But overall, if you actually invest the time in making sure you have the right shoes, right orthotics, you get them dialed in, and you're doing strength consistently, and if you'd like me to send you the strength exercises, just send me an email or text, and I will send them to you. These are ways that you can minimize your chance of getting hurt, not eliminate but minimize it. And I like to play the percentages and I like to try and figure out how I can try and do something I love, which is run super easy or walk around a lot. And, you know, we forget how joyous that is until it gets taken away from us. And then when it gets taken away from us and we're hurt and we're sitting on the sidelines because we got a stress fracture or I had a Jones fracture a few years ago that just kind of came up out of nowhere, which is a fracture underneath the um, side of the foot that basketball players usually get. It's actually end of the career of many players and 
based on the way my feet fall, my predisposition. You know, I got one a few years ago and spent a lot of time on one of those uh, scooters. Um, but the bottom line is that if you do those things, you will reduce your chance of getting hurt. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you.